And it says there that God, the flood came and then God made a covenant that it will never make it rain again like that. And the sign of that covenant is the rainbow. And then it goes on and on. It says, and when I see my rainbow, I will think of you. I want you to get this. Has God changed? Does God forget? Has He got amnesia, Alzheimer's? No. Every time there's a rainbow, He thinks of you. Man, that got my heart. That just got my heart. I'm so stoked about that. We're in Matthew now, and we're journeying with Matthew through the Gospel of Matthew, and I want you to open your Bible in Matthew 12. Please bring a Bible along. Just, if you don't have a Bible, come and talk to me. As a belief. We'll make a plan. I'll equip you with the best thing you can ever have. All right? Because this is, Angus, Uncle Angus says, this is Jesus in print. You want to know Jesus? You want to know what he wants? This is it. We spoke about a little bit before service about Jacob wrestling with God right through the night. And some of us can't even pray through the night. Yeah. And I, and I like the example, example that came to me is that if you had a family member that needed your blood or they die and you only have the night to get there, are you going to drive it? It's going to be too much. It's going to be too hard. Or will you stay awake, drink coffee, buy a Red Bull, have somebody with you, but you're going to drive through the night to get them to give your blood to them. You see, if it's urgent enough, Jacob wanted God's blessing so much he wrestled right through the night. All right, come on. Huh? You see, It tells me how to live now and gives me hope for the future. This is my Bible. It helps me deal with my past. Don't tell me you've dealt with your past. We're all still dealing with our past. It tells me how to live now. Don't tell me you've got the answers of how to live now. We're all still finding the answers. And it gives me hope for the future. We all need hope for the future, am I right? We need that. We need that. So David goes to war. David and his men, they go to war. You know, when you walk out here every week, you go to war. You are fighting a battle that you don't even know about. Or you know all about it, the battle you are fighting. But you go out there and you're fighting a war. Some guys turn around and start fighting their loved ones. Stop doing that. Stop fighting your children and your wife. Stop fighting the word. Start fighting the world system. Stop fi start fighting the strong gender then. Stop start fighting wokeness. Start fighting that. Because you are in that battle whether you like it or not. Overseas, you can't even tell somebody anymore, listen, you need to shave. And they're like offended. Oh, you offended me. I heard a story about a guy who goes to the sh coffee shop. Listen to what it is. He goes to the coffee shop with his wife. 
He's there with his wife. And he normally orders for his wife because he knows exactly what coffee she wants. And he says, I would like this. And for my wife, would you give this? And the lady behind the counter said to him, excuse me, don't you mean your partner? Because it's wokeness. And he said, no, my wife. Because, but, but that's not good anymore. It's wokeness. It's a, it's, it's a sort of female. It's a woman person. Yes. Woe man. And now there's some of them that they, they, they don't even want to. Are you tired, buddy? They don't even want to have the woman, the word woe man in it because it's got the word man in it. So now we must just say, whoa. <laughs> huh? Every time my wife walks into the room, it's like, whoa. <laughs> uh, she doesn't take it well when I do it to the others, you know. Look at that, whoa. <laughs> yeah, we have to, when we go out that door, we're in a war. Where do we go when we're tired? Where do we go when we need sustenance from war? David comes back, and guess where he goes? To the temple. Come on, get this. David and his men come back from war, and they are hungry. And they go to the temple, and they eat the showbread. They go get food from God. Come on, are you getting this? Yeah, that this was physical, that was spiritual. You're in a spiritual warfare, whether you like it or not. Your ego, your self-esteem is being attacked every day, all day long. If you don't know it, wake up. Because you, be, you are being told every day that you're not good enough by the media. You're either too light or you're too dark. You're either in getting fed the mumbo-jumbo that you're entitled because you've got a certain skin color, or you've been fed the mumbo-jumbo, it's your fault because you've got a certain skin color. You're either previously disadvantaged, or you have been previously advantaged. What's that right phrase? Missing it right now. It's your ancestors' fault. No, it's our. The whole time you walk out there, You've been told the whole time lies every single day. Every single day. Just your salary slip is telling you a value. You are worth this. Have you heard that? Get paid what you're worth. You're in a war. Every day. You're too young. You're too old. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too tall. Old. That's what's happening out there. You're in a war. Oh, guys, or am it just me? Huh? Am I the only one feeling those pressures? Uh, all of us. Your dreams are too naive and too ambitious. Aim higher. Or aim lower. Or what, you think too much about yourself. You think too little about yourself. And you have to dress this way and reveal so much more of your body to get acceptance. That's what the magazines portray all the time. And you have, to, you have to have pecs like this to be attractive. 
All the time you're in a war. All the time. And then your currency is not good enough. You're in the wrong country. There's a better country. This country. You're staying in the wrong place, the wrong suburb. The whole time you're in a war. David goes to the house of God to be fed, to get his food. Let's read this. That was intro. That's for free for you. Okay, this is the paid version. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Why are we walking through the grain fields? Because we are hungry. Oh, somebody's got it. And his disciples were hungry. What do you see? It doesn't say Jesus was hungry. It says his disciples were hungry. You need to get that, that this is spiritual. You need to see this is more than just a physical hunger. There's a spiritual hunger in you. God does not get hungry. I'm not saying the man Jesus never got hungry. This is a spiritual thing. God is self-existing, self-sustaining. He doesn't need worship. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need sleep. He doesn't need to take a break. He doesn't need to rest. So when it comes to the Sabbath, God didn't rest because he was tired. Man, I'm loving this. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the heads of the grain to eat. And when the Pharisees... Oh, can we replace the word Pharisees with self-righteous? Self-righteous. Those that think they've got the answers. Those that think they're higher than the other people. Those that think that they're holy and they've been coming to church for so ever and forever. You know? The Pharisees. Saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. So what will the what will the why am I this is happening? What's happening here? It's irritating me now. Okay. So the self-righteous, the Pharisees, will always bring law. They'll bring law. They will use the Bible. To chop you down. This book was never written to chop people down. This book was never to chop you to size. This book was written to be build you up. To tell you who God is. To tell you who you are. And how your loving father relates to you. That's why this book was written. And how you and I ought to relate to him. It's a love relationship. You look at your spouse. You know exactly how they like their coffee. Is that now law? No, it's relationship. She doesn't want sugar, a dash of milk. That's a, and not normal tea. Say like the boss. Roy boss. Can you see she likes the Roy boss? <laughs> That came to me now. <laughs> okay. But he said to him, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? 1 Samuel 21.6 How he entered the house of God and ate the showbread of which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but for the priests. David goes into this temple. I want you to see it. And have you seen priests go mull? Have you seen them go mull? 
So one day I'll go visit a certain denomination. Years ago. And I'll go with my Bible to church. That's where we go. You take your Bible with. And as I walk in the door, the one lady says, what's that? I said, it's Bible. She says, you won't be needing that today. And I'm like, what? I come to church and you tell me I don't need a Bible. So this church is marked with lines and different colors of carpets. And, 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 and I walk straight over all the lines and colors and because I don't know their laws. And I walk straight to the main peanut. And I stick my hand over and say, good morning, I'm welcome. That I goes, mm, pale. He looks at the carpet. I'm standing on the red carpet. I'm only allowed to be on the blue carpet. Serious. It's like he's having a cardiac arrest. He looks at me with big eyes. The, the people in the church are going mull. And I'm like, what is going on here? Is this not my father's house? Am I, am I not welcome at dad's house? Of course I am. What room, what place in your dad's house aren't you allowed to go? If you need to speak to your father, you will even go into the bathroom. Dad, I need to talk to you. I need. If it's urgent enough, you'll do it. Am I right? There's no place you won't go. It's my dad's house. I can go. Not with dishonor and disrespect. Please, whenever you go, just I'm just going to put it out there. If you ever go to a place where they ask you to take your shoes off for another religion, do not do it. It is called worship. If you cannot walk with your shoes because another religion says, take off your shoes, then don't go. Because you're giving honor to demons. Put it out there. Like it, don't like it. Crucify the messenger, it's all right. Man, this is coming out good. I'm enjoying it. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? How do the priests profane the Sabbath? They work. They have to slaughter. They have to get everything right. They are toiling. They're working on the Sabbath, yet they're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. On this day, the law, the law, the law, the law. Have you not read that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath? Yet, I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. Alright? The title of this message, Jesus is greater than. Jesus is greater than. Number one, the temple. Okay, so where does God reside now? Where's the temple now? You. He is greater than you and I. Get that. Don't come and tell me. I had a woman come and tell me this. I will not allow my God to tell me I have got pride. So who's the God in that relationship? He is greater than you and I. We can never be Him. You don't become Jesus. There's a guy in Pretoria that's preaching this. That you become Christ. No, you don't become Christ. Do you become anointed? Yes, 100%. Why? Because the Word come lives inside of you. The anointing is on the Word. The Word inside of you, you become anointed. You want more anointing? Do you want more anointing? Get more of the Word in you. 
because the anointing is on the Word. Hello? You're the temple. He resides inside of you. He is greater than your temple. Listen carefully. Walk with me. He's greater than your body's needs. We all have needs. We all have desires and ambitions. God is greater than that. Jesus is greater than your need for doiki, doiki, doiki. Acceptance. Justification. Sex. Fame. TikTok. Likes. Everything that you need psychologically, physically, and emotionally. Jesus, does it not say there, there's one greater, yeah, today, this morning, He is, yeah, He is greater than the temple. He is greater than you and I. Greater than you wanting to be right. To have the moral high ground in your relationships. He is greater than that need. That excites me. Why? Because He can fill the hunger. He can fill the hunger. He is the bread from heaven. Where does David go? He goes to the temple to get bread. It's the bread from heaven. Jesus is the bread from heaven. So when I have a desire and a need that I am battling to conquer, that is dominating my thinking and the way I'm walking and everything about me, and I can't take a joke because I'm also sensitive and I need this and I can't... It, there's a need, there's a hunger in the inside of me. Jesus is the bread that you need. He is greater than the temple. All right? He is greater than your desire for tattoos. Yeah, I'm going to go there. You know me, I'll go there. You see, this is the temple. And God takes the prophet inside the temple, Elijah. He says, Elijah, what do you see on the walls of this temple? He says, engravings, God. It said, it grieves me. Go read it. Where is the wall of your temple? Show me. Kijk hier. Your skin is the wall of your temple. Don't come and twist the word and say, God has engraved your name in his hands and say that's a tattoo it is not it's a hole the size of a nail that is the tattoo if you want you're welcome to put a hole in your hand go for it let's go there you see we walk in a wall where are you going to go to get some food now you've got tattoos can you repent yes i'm sorry lord i was a fool Forgive me. My father says, you are forgiven. I regret. I've got piercings in my ears. It's about your age. No, Papa. Check the cut. Huh? Those blue shades and zones. Cool cut. It's spiritual, you know that. Go read your Bible. It says, and if you are happy with your master being a slave, put an earring in. It's a sign of slavery. I regret it. They don't want to close. I haven't worn one for all yonks. And they don't want it still open. This is your temple. Sorry, this is God's temple. 
And he is greater than you and I. That's his place of residence. And you want to fill a need of that temple? You go to him. And you get some of the bread of life. And it will fill the inside of you. And that desire and that need will go away. Because he is greater than the temple. Come on. I've lost my place. Yes. Thank you. Got a page there again. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. You see, don't do it from a place of, oh, I'm going to sacrifice my time. That's pride, you know that. Oh, it's such a sacrifice. That's pride. Get off the high horse. Okay? Serving God is a joy. It's a pleasure. Serving my Father, doing what He wants is a joy and a pleasure. It doesn't tire me. It must not exhaust me. It mustn't be a slip. Then I need to get off my high horse because He desires mercy. If God desires mercy, relationship, what does He give? He gives mercy. He gives it. Psalm 23, verse 6. And mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. God's following you. Yes, that's it. I love that. My dad's eye. Doesn't the word say his eyes are on you? Hmm? Or does it say he's blind and he can't see and he's deaf and he can't hear and his arms are short and he can't do? No, my father is not blind, he's not deaf, and his arm's not short. He can do, and he's actively, that you need to get this, he is actively involved in your life. He's not a spectator in your life, he's actively involved. It's not randomness that's happening to you. Fate and maybe. No, your father is a good father. He is actively involved. If you think that God is not actively involved in you, your life, and you are a father, then you are saying that you're better than God. That's pride. Because you are actively involved in your child's life. Am I right? Even if they groan and they're far away, you are constantly praying for them and thinking of them, wanting to connect. You are actively involved in their life. But God is the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. He is so involved in your life, He knows the amount of hair on your head. It doesn't come off without His knowing. There's not a tear that He does not see. Mercy. Not sacrifice. Oh, it's such a sacrifice not to... No, it's not a sacrifice at all. I've received mercy. And when I see somebody there that's there in that place, oh, no, no, mercy. When they're not getting it right, mercy. This is our Father's heart. Because they just haven't got to the place where they realized that God is a merciful God. He's not walking around with his belt. My dad used to walk around with his belt. Really? He fed that thing. It became thicker and thicker and thicker. It ate all the skin on my backside. My Father in Heaven's not like that. 
It's 24 years this year, and not once has he been angry with me. Not once has God scolded me, given me a hiding, or embarrassed me, or exposed me. Is every single time, every time I've made a mistake in 24 years, said, I love you. I cover you. I forgive you. Every time. I'll make a way. Sometimes, my son, you're going to carry the consequences. You're going to have to face somebody say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. But he has never, ever screamed at me and whipped me and all that. And I am a little bit stiff-necked and hard of heart sometimes. But if you had known mercy, if you had known that I, what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Listen to this. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. He is God of rest. He is the God of rest. Come on, get it. Whatever you think is going to give you peace, whatever you think is going to give you rest, you need to go to the God of rest. He is the God of Sabbath. He didn't rest on the Sabbath because there is no more. I'm now tired. God didn't rest on the Sabbath because he was tired. You see, Jesus, the Pharisees came to him and he said, my, and he said but What are you doing on the Sabbath? He says, My father and I have not ceased working since then. 6,000 years later, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are still working. Sabbath was made for man. And then Jesus makes this startling statement I am your Sabbath, I am your rest. So if you're hungry, where must you go? To the bread of life, Jesus, because He is greater than the temple. And when you're tired, where must you go? To Jesus, because He's Lord of rest, Lord of the Sabbath. That's where you go. You don't run to the glass of wine. You don't run and sleep because it's going to, yes, it's going to give you rest, but you're still going to wake up weary. Because His Word, listen to what it says in Hebrews, His Word is vitalizing, energizing, sharper than a double-edged sword. Vitalizing, it gives you vitality. It energizes you. It gives you hope. It, it, it jacks you up, gets you fired up. His Word feeds the inner man. That's where we got to go. You run to Him. He is greater. Jesus is greater. Dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blanks. He is greater than that. He's greater than the thought that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough, not beautiful enough, not intelligent enough, not qualified enough, not living in the right suburb. He's greater than all, that, all of that. He feeds and fills our hunger. And He gives us rest. Won't you close your eyes with me? Maybe you're here for the first time. 
And maybe you're here and you've been here for 30 years. Jesus is greater than that. He's greater than all of that. He's here this morning. And He wants to feed you and give you rest. Just where you are, would you open your hands? Don't do it because I say it. I want you to be like David coming back from war. I'm hungry. I'm just going to go straight into that place. I'm going to take what is not even lawful. I'm going to go and I'm going to grab violently this is what God has for me. I want to be like Jacob and pray through the whole night. I want to be serious about it. Then open your hands and say, Father, I am hungry. My being hungers for you. I am in need of the living bread, the bread from heaven, the manna from heaven to fill me. I come to you. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired of what the fighting in my house. I'm tired of struggling with my finances. I'm tired of battling with my children. I'm tired with the job that I have to do. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm exhausted. I come to you, the Lord of rest, the Lord of Sabbath. I'm tired of fighting in my mind against your word. I come to you. Holy Spirit, as we sit, I'll ask you, would you come and minister to your children? Come minister to us. Because none of us are above this need. Would you minister to us? Would you, will you feed us? Will you bring a peace and a rest to our inner being, a calmness to our spirit? That it's not about a day, Lord. It's not about a system. It's about relationship with you. Maybe you're sitting there and, and, and the Holy Spirit is just starting to show you about things that's standing between you and Him. Why don't you just there confess? You don't have to do it loud. Just speak to your father. Say, Father, I'm sorry. His mercy is here this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're touching people's hearts right now. Thank you that we are on the holiest of holies right now. Thank you for your fire that's sitting upon people right now. Thank you for that unforgiveness that's leaving.
Lord, I see people with resentment and it's leaving. Broken dreams. The disappointment that's been gnawing at them. See how that leaves, that disappointment gone. Gone. That regret gone. I see how people regret for giving up what was holy, just leaving. Anxiousness. Somebody's got anxiousness. The Lord says, I'm removing that anxiousness from you. The expectation of bad things will happen. It's making you anxious. The Lord says, I'm removing it from you right now. I'm giving you peace. You've been depressed. If somebody has been depressed as a little boy, I see you walking with a little red trolley behind you. Wanting to die. Two or three or four years old. A thought came into your mind. I want to die. And depression has been with you since then. God says, I'm taking it away right now. I'll give you life. I'll remove that life from you that you're not worth it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's showing me someone with like heaps and heaps, bucket full, full of ambition. And it's like frustrated. It's, it's like something is blocking, blocking you from walking in the ambition. I'm hearing the voice of God say, you are made to be a giver. I've anointed you to give, to bless. The Lord says, I'm God's just showing me, He's removing the donkey in front of you out the way. And as you start giving, it's going to be challenging. It's going to go a little bit against your grain. It's not going to make sense to you. The Lord's showing. It'll be like a, a path being chopped open by a panga into a bush. And your ambition will start going down there. And you won't be so frustrated. You won't be so angry. You won't be so tense. 
you've been biting your lips so much because you know it's not the behavior that you want it's not who you are on the inside but you just cannot control it anymore he says I'm removing it walk in it Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm getting this word for somebody. I don't know. I want you to just listen to it. God says that He is the most qualified being ever. And he left his qualification as God of the universe to become a human and serve the unqualified. Don't be regretful about the lack of qualification that you have. I abandoned my qualification to serve. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. We give you the honor, Lord. If, we, if something that we shared this morning, one of these words were for you, would you please come and talk to me afterwards? I really want to just pray with you and acknowledge that. Why don't you stand and we're going to finish off the service. bless you as ambassador of, the, of heaven I come and bless you